Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are wrapping up the Happy Hobbies series today. I'm excited to uh, to share this one with you because neither Sarah nor I know what the hobby is for our guests. So this is kind of it's exciting. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Matthew C. Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Pastor Harrison, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Always a pleasure. Nice to be with you. This is a fun interview. Like, not you think too, so? No, I think so. Well, that's true. <laughs> we just started. This I don't has know. been a fun I'm series. Too. This has been a fun series for us because it's been a little bit on the lighter side. Yeah, well, um, a lot on the lighter. A lot, side. lot on the lighter side. Yeah, we need the lighter side. <laughs> Why do you say that? Why do we need the lighter side? Well, there's so many contentious and very dire and challenging issues that swallow us up and surround us all the time. That that we, uh, I think, because of the onslaught of media, like KFUO, no, just kidding, <laughs> the constant onslaught of, of uh, social media, that our lives can be so pressed and we can press joy out of them and become very imbalanced. There are important things to be talking about, we all know, and uh, right now, and we are talking about those things in their proper places, but we need a uh, balanced life. and. And enjoying God's creation and creatures is part of that balance. Speaking of balance, you carried some very large books into the studio today, and we're just dying to know what is this hobby. We we, we left it wide open. You could choose whatever hobby, and I know you have a few. Uh, so, what's the hobby you've chosen to share with us today? Well, um, I, I do have a few. I think I probably have obsessive compulsive disorder. That's probably that my problem. <laughs> no. I get interested in a lot of different things mm-hmm. and, and find uh, uh, great intrigue. I, I like old books. Old books just kind of find me, old theological books. I, I have a nice uh, first volume of a whole set I have of Luther's earliest ri- Luther's writings. Uh, first volume published in 1555, mm-hmm. the glorious picture of Luther and his prince of Saxony kneeling at the cross of Christ with Christ on the crucifix. Um, I I have another book here, for instance, which I came across, which is a history book from the 19th century. And you see the the signature there? That is Franz Pieper, the president of the Synod uh, in the early 1900s, but also, along with C.F.W. Walther, president of the seminary for 90 years. Wow. wow. And on the next page is Ferdinand Walther's signature, How the founder cool. of the Missouri Synod. Uh, who gave this? Uh, I think, yeah, it's a, a geschenk <laughs> gift uh, from Walther. So, I like I like old books. I like to translate books um, from time to time. I've worked on uh, a number of translations over many years. Uh, started right when I got into the parish. Uh, I love history and I'm a historian, and I got interested in the individual named Hermann Zasse and began as a young pastor translating every morning for, say, an hour. I'd get to the office quite early and and carve that out, and that over time turned into 
collection of five Sasa volumes now that that we have uh, put out, which helped teach me a whole lot. Helped teach me to be patient. Uh, the history of the church is long, and the tenure of a pastor is short. And uh, so those are some of the things. Uh, other things I've enjoyed. I like working with my hands. I built, I built a uh, cedar strip canoe. I've restored two other wood, old wood canvas canoes, which has been delightful. I've, I play banjo, a little guitar, mandolin. I've built banjos, guitars, and mandolins, and found that to be a, uh, really a, a blessing. Wood is such a magnificent medium to work with. It's uh, totally theological. It's it's a first article gift. I mean, wood when you just you see its qualities of beauty and uh, depth and strength and uh, so many different kind of woods for different applications. It's a beautiful first article gift. It's it's forgiving and. Uh, it's hard to really, really screw things up. And what's really cool about it, it's just like uh, life. Uh, the The more twisted it is, the more difficult uh, life it had, uh, the more gnarled and uh, diseased, the more beautiful it is as a final product. So it's really an extraordinary thing. Obviously so, not so seen my woodwork. So, <laughs> anyway, those are a few of my... Uh, interest here and there so we could have like a three-hour session right now i was i was slightly hoping we would have a a banjo jam session for this not gonna lie however old books are also super cool uh what what got you into enjoying these old huge historical books well uh theology really i i got to the seminary i had not studied i i had I was pretty strong in Greek by the time I had gotten to the seminary and had good undergraduate education there. And also, so I started, uh, of course, reading theology, reading the Greek New Testament, and just uh, fell in love with um, theology and the surety of Lutheran theology and its simplicity and absolute certainty in Christ and his certain forgiveness delivered by word and sacrament. And then I discovered that there was uh, a venerable, veritable mountain of literature in German and Latin that I had no access to. And that bothered me. <laughs> so I taught myself to read German and just began largely by translating and have done that for many years. I, I don't speak German that well, but uh, certainly not. But uh, I'm able to read it most German pretty well. How did you teach yourself <laughs> to read and translate German? Just There's books? a little book called Introduction to Theological German by mm. Manton. <sighs> and it just starts you off by uh, reading excerpts, simple excerpts from the Bible. And then, so I started to just uh, grab hold of books when they came in. You know, at at the seminary's library, people, pastors leave their books or, uh, you know, one time I was talking to Harold Bulls, my dear, now deceased, long deceased uh, seminary prof, and I was telling him how I, I had studied in Australia and I found a full set of German, Luther, Luther and German over there, the old St. Louis edition published uh, uh, by the Missouri Synod. And <laughs> it had gotten lost in shipping. And he said, what, 
what, what, come over to my office right now, come over here. And here, he takes me into his office, and this was not the, the Missouri Synod edition from 1900 or so. This was the original edition, the Valk one from about 1725. Whoa. All in this glorious kind of shiny white pig skin. And he said, take it, take it. I said, Dr. Bull, I, I, I don't think I, just take it, just, just go. <laughs> so he, he loaded me up with a couple of big boxes and I threw it out in my old junk car. And so uh, a lot of these uh, treasures are, a lot of these treasures have wonderful connections to people. And I'll give them away someday too. They're just books. They'll, they'll, all of this will be a sort of in the resurrection. It will be burned to nothing, and we'll have things far better to enjoy. But Lutheranism is unique on in this area, somewhat unique, I think. Uh, there were many at the time of the Reformation who really thought that austerity was the way to make sure you were a Christian. Luther did not believe in that. You know, he, he wrote famous things that scandalized people, like a Christian should be a little bit tipsy once in a while, uh, not drunk, but a Christian can enjoy. God gives wine for the joy of the soul. Um, drunkenness, alcoholism is a horrible thing. I, I know that. have had a lot of experience in those pastoral situations. But nevertheless, uh, the Bible does not call it sin, and far from it. Jesus creates uh, how many gallons? I'm not saying anybody's hobby should be uh, alcohol, but a lot of people do have hobbies, collecting wine and, and tasting beer or making beer, and those things are just fine. Luther had a bowling alley put in his house uh, downstairs for students especially to enjoy, but I'm sure he played rounds himself. He particularly enjoyed fencing as a uh, entertainment. Uh, Lutherans approved of art, of musical instruments, of uh, depictions of nature. The, many of uh, the Calvinists and opponents, you know, if you go to Geneva, for instance, and check out the, the great cathedral there, it's denuded of all art. It's just not there. There was a very different mind in Lutheranism. And uh, so you have famous Lutherans all through the centuries who were collectors of books, or like Valentin Ernst Lescher in the 17, dies in 1750, a uh, great uh, bishop of Dresden. Uh, he's a coin collector. And I've got friends who are coin collectors. And what, what good are coins? They're magnificent. They're, it's a way to learn history. It's, uh, it's a very uh, fantastic hobby. What is it about the written word in both these these books and in different languages and in in translating what is it about the written word that that you enjoy i like being surprised you know i i translated uh, uh this little volume johann gerhard's meditations on divine mercy and uh the real name is the daily exercise of piety but uh uh Johann Gerhard, a great 17th century Lutheran theologian, CPH is publishing his whole dogmatics series, which is a giant set of books, greatest ever written, um, what the Bible teaches. But just to turn a phrase, like one little chapter begins, Cruce Christi Nostra Corona Est, the cross of Christ is our crown. Hmm. Hmm. You can never forget that. It's beautiful. 
And uh, I think just knowing that those gems are there somewhere and and really nobody has seen them mm-hmm. or paid any attention to them for hundreds of years and all of a sudden to have something like that jump out, it just grabs you by the neck and <laughs> you just want to jump up and down and say, wow, you know, <laughs> and, and to be able to share that excitement. It, the cross of Christ is our crown, not being without illness or living a life of free and easy of any cares, no anxiety, no. Our crown is following Jesus in suffering, and by suffering he makes us the Christians we are to be and causes us to grab hold of him. That's magnificent. Amen. Amen. We are in our final episode of the Happy Hobbies series with Pastor Harrison, talking old books and translating. We have more to talk about on the Coffee Hour. We'll continue that conversation here in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Matt Harrison. (laughs) I thought I was. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing the Happy Hobbies series. Well, we're wrapping up the Happy Hobbies series today with President Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, talking about old books, translating, um, getting lost in an old book is what I'm hearing, uh, finding uh, things that, that surprise you and, and just getting lost. What's your what's your place to go to? Where's your favorite place to 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 sit down with an old book, read, translate, and just be immersed in it. Usually, uh, usually at my desk has to be at a desk, and uh, so if I'm translating, I will um, put the the book in front of my laptop computer and stretch a little bit. Then usually I have a dictionary or two around the sides, and of course you have helps online now for uh, translation that are sometimes pretty good, but. Uh, that's the way it's set up. Who has been influential in uh, in learning how to translate? In learning how to translate better, uh, is there an, is there an art to this that that you've learned from other people? Well, um, you know, I'm I'm no I, I wouldn't say I'm a professional by any means. I'm I'm certainly not. My language skills are not to that level. But I'm a, I say a bludger. I'm just a hacker who is persistent. And in doing the German work, um, I also did a lot along with some friends for uh, at home in the house of my father's about, I don't know, what is it, six, seven hundred pages of documents from the first five presidents, German-born presidents of the Missouri Senate. It's very fascinating. Shows that the challenges that we face are, are typical and uh not in many ways they are not different from the radical struggles of those in the past as i would 
as I would translate things, particularly as a young pastor, I would share them with my buddies uh, who shared a, also an, ex, an excitement. And those buddies ended up becoming significant players uh, in various publishing endeavors, themselves seeking out translators, sharing uh, works with each other, finding ways to publish. And uh, one of the great things, one of those early friends was a neighboring pastor named Paul T. McCain. <laughs> so I would translate my Zasa essays and fire them off to him. And uh, he just kept saying, more, more. And then translating is like preaching or anything you do. The more you do it, the better you get at the better you get at it, at having a feeling of what the author is intending to say. And part of the challenge and also part of the joy is that some things are just uh, horrendously difficult to translate into an, another language. Mm -hmm. But so I always like to stay close to the text, but, but uh, really make it speak English in a flowing way and I'm more or less successful but uh, that's the goal ever had any blunders or maybe epic fails this has been our favorite question in this series so far is the what what lessons have you learned from mistakes in this hobby wow uh, well I am quite sure and I uh, those translations that I've, I've published um, I've always put uh, a disclaimer in there that uh, I'm sure there are mistakes and I'm I'm responsible for them. So I have actually, in all these years, really had nobody come forth and say, this is a blunderous, terrible translation, which is kind of the, you know, my nightmare scenario. Uh, so that's, uh, that's been fortunate. Of course, when you have people reading behind you, you can kind of uh, you can kind of avoid that. That also might mean that nobody's actually read what I did. <laughs> so that's always a possibility. How has this uh, hobby of translating and of this love of old books been helpful or useful in your other vocations? Well, it's totally intertwined. It's I am a pastor above all preaching this way at Villa, this Sunday and ministering the sacrament at uh, Village Lutheran Church in St. Louis, by the way, where I'm assistant pastor and I get to preach on, on occasion. But, uh, uh, you know, it it's all about coming to a, it's, it's all about, for me, personally coming to a, a more profound, ever more profound understanding of the blessed gospel of the free forgiveness of Christ and a constant uh, unceasing quest for my own soul, for consolation, and to be able to, in a better way, share that consolation with other souls. And so that that is, I think, nobody's ever asked that question. That's That's the driving force, I think. That's what I find. What insights would you share with someone who wants to take up this hobby or is interested, maybe 
maybe starting to to pick up some old books here and there <laughs> as well some uh, some great theological content and and look at translating it what insights do you have for them in well, starting that yeah be careful because uh, you know books are like mice they multiply exponentially <laughs> it's, it's true <laughs> um, you know and uh, especially when pastors pass away and you know all of a sudden a ton comes and i've i've uh, been much more discerning as of late but on the translating piece i would urge if you're if you're interested in doing this and i'm sure there are just there there are just a handful of people who do this really but a lot of people have taken some german a lot of people have taken some latin and uh, make sure you do so and then find an easy piece um, I can recommend things or others can find some there's innumerable things available on the internet on uh, digitally available there's a website ca- called uh, post reformation digital theology I think PRDT and it's got thousands of it's German it's got thousands and thousands of, of Lutheran theological literature mm-hmm. and, and other things from centuries centuries back uh, on the web, start with something easy. Start with CFW Walther if you want to do German, and just start pecking away at it and uh, keep at it. The more you do it, the better you get. Do you know how many old books you have by chance? I really don't know, and I don't know if I would disclose that if I did. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I have, you know, you s- the. Kind of the advantage, the advantage of looking for old Lutheran Latin stuff and uh, mostly Lutheran and, and Lutheran German stuff is uh, there are very few people that read it or have access to it at all or interested in it. So when things come available, um, uh, they're often free or very little cost. Now there's a whole lot of Old, you know, a lot of folks, old German Bibles and those kind of things from the 19th century, and those mm. are so numerous that they're they're virtually, uh, well, they're 99% of the time they're virtually, they're great, but they're not worth anything. Do you have you have a lot of a lot of these books in your office here in the International Center? Do you have a, a favorite section of books or, or books that you go back to frequently uh, in your collection? Well, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a, I have a large selection of Luther's writings and different editions of Luther's writings, which are terrific. I have acquired the Weimar edition, the critical edition of Luther, which is about a hundred volumes, hundred quarto, uh, really fairly large volumes. Um, so that is a, that's a constant resource to check translations or find documents that have uh, you need references on or or uh, study. So that's a, a wonderful section. And then there's just a lot of old Lutheran vellum that's just pigskin, <laughs> which is nearly indestructible. It's, it's incredible. Really? And you know, a lot of times in the 19th century, they would produce books that have acid in the paper, but um, the books in the 18th century, for instance. Sometimes in the 19th century, you, you pick up a book and you fold a paper like that, it just cracks. Mm-hmm. But these, ironically, these books, uh, for instance, this Luther volume for the 16th century, this paper is 
uh, impart linen, I believe. But you see that? It's, it's hardly yellowed, and there's no broken pages whatsoever. It's unbelievably uh, durable. That's fascinating. You just think, wow. yeah. that volume here is, this volume has been in pastor's studies since 1650, uh, no, since 1555. Wow. That's in great shape for 1555. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. And it's nice, you, you got a little bookworm who chewed through just a couple of pages before he was <laughs> caught. But that's where the word bookworm comes from, of course. And you often see these with riddles with the, and sometimes Swiss they're so cheese, badly yeah. eaten, you can't, you, you, they're really worthless. <laughs> Hungry caterpillar. With just about a, a minute left, what has been the, the hardest or the most challenging to translate for you? Uh, well, there have been a lot of things. <laughs> I think most most everything I've done. Is that what you like about it? That is challenging? Uh, yeah, it, that is a pleasure. But sometimes it's just so hard that I'm not, my skills are not adequate to do it. So if it's technical, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of technical exegetical thing or some kind of highly technical Latin, for instance. Luther's Latin is generally, in his lectures, is, is uh, quite... Um, quite manageable. I think the the most difficult, but also the most rewarding, uh, was translating uh, most of a volume of essays by Hermann Zasse in the period from uh, the great church struggle uh, against the Nazis in the early 30s, actually um, before that, but translating essays from Zasse from the early 30s through the war. And uh, part of the challenge was trying to learn the context he was responding to, uh, the words he was using, and uh, what the what the ref- reference were. So it really required over time a lot of study of the period to try to bring the documents to life for another generation. And though that volume, the Lonely Way Volume 1, the Lonely Way Volume 2 by Zasa is more post-war issues that that most, I think most Lutherans are more interested in, but I actually find the essays prior to World War II and rejection, uh, Zasa's clear ringing rejection of the Nazis uh, quite to his own detriment and endangerment. I find those essays most uh, rigorous and uh, <laughs> enjoyable. Wrapping up the Happy Hobbies series, Pastor Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Pastor Harrison, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Yeah, if I had my banjo here, I'd end with shaving a haircut two bits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.